call it a theological discussion with this woman because of what the Samaritans believed um, that during that time of where the appropriate place was to worship God and where the Jews believed to uh, where they believed that God was supposed to be worshipped. So they kind of get into this whole discussion. And um, Jesus says to her, if you want to start in, um, let's say 21, just to get a little bit of context, Jesus replies to her as they're talking about where we should worship. So Jesus says, women, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither where you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father, in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. For God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. And I'm not going to go into really what they were discussing, but what I, what I do want to zone in on is what Jesus said is that we will worship in spirit and truth. And I made an emphasis on that because I feel like in our kind of circle, charismatic circle, we can tend to put an emphasis on the spirit, which is an amazing thing. I love the spirit. Where our worship, even we, with His presence, when the Spirit is present, there is freedom. The Spirit brings identity, revelation. The Spirit infuses us with wisdom and revelation, right? But we also, I, what I want to put an emphasis on is that we need truth as well. Amen. We need truth. We cannot, I've got to move this because I'm going to drop it, I'll put it there. Um, we cannot have worship with only the spirit and no truth. That's what I would call personally a flake. A little bit of a flaky person where there's, oh, the spirit, the spirit. But there's no grounding, there's no foundation, yeah. there's no truth. Yeah. And I want to really provoke us and challenge us to fall in love with this book Amen. right here. Amen. Fall in love with it. Um, I'm going to read something out of Ian Bounds' book, um, The Complete Works on Prayer. It says, Unless the vital forces of prayer are supplied by God's word, prayer, though earnest, even boisterous, in its urgency, is in re reality flabby, Vapid and void. The absence of vital force in praying can be traced to the absence of constant supply of God's word by which to repair the waste and renew the life. Wow. He who would learn to pray well must first study God's word and store it in his memory and thought. So we all here are here for a prayer meeting. I would even say we desire, if we're not already, to be praying people. We see the need for prayer. We have a desire even. We, I don't think we would be in this room if we didn't have a desire to pray, to encounter God. But what I want to call us into is one thing that we kind of can struggle here in this room and, and have had a challenge with in the past is we have 
amazing worship. Amazing worship that just, we're feeling it, the spirit is here. But when it comes to prayer, a lot of times it's you can hear a pin drop. Or there's only a certain small select few that are really engaging in prayer. And there's been many times we've discussed it where it almost feels like you're pulling a dead weight. You know, who wants to be in a boat, rowing a boat with a bunch of dead weight? You don't go anywhere. And so what I want to say is if if we desire to be praying people, if you're desiring to form a prayer language, I'll say it. Uh, I'll say it this way is when I first started coming to the to the house of prayer probably about eight years ago now um, first coming to the house of prayer I had no no prayer language I was actually newly saved in the sense that I had just encountered Jesus for real personally and I came into the prayer room simply because I wanted to encounter him more but again when it came time to pray it was hard <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what to say, how to say it, what to do. And what I started to learn was that simply finding scripture and praying scripture, that it actually formed within me a prayer language and continues to do so. It fuels my prayer life as I read the word of God. Um, If you guys want to turn with me to Psalms 119. Hmm. 119 is a very long chapter in Psalms, to be exact. It's 176 verses long. And really what David focuses on through all of Psalms 119 is how much he loves the law of the Lord. He loves the commandments, his statutes. He continually says, I will meditate upon them day and night. I love the law of the Lord. Open my eyes that I could see wondrous things, that I could see what you're saying in your word. And it's just David really meditating upon his commandments, upon his precepts. And I want to jump to verse um, 12. Let's go to verse 12. He's just talking about, you know, asking the Lord to cleanse his heart, that his heart would be whole, that he wouldn't wander from the Lord's commandments. And then he cries out, and you know, we know, we know David enough, I think, to know that he can kind of be like up and down. Like one moment he's complaining, and the next he's like praising God and declaring his promises. So you can see that throughout this. Um, but in verse 12, he says, Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes with my lips. I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. And that right there is what I want to say is that 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 is David looking upon the commandments and the statues of the Lord. And he's going, I have declared them. He didn't just sit and think about them, which we should do that too. I'm not saying we don't do that. We don't, it's not, I'm not saying we don't meditate. But a great way to meditate upon the word of the Lord is to speak it with our mouths. To declare it with our lips. Because it does something within us. It, it, it caught, you know, I'm a verbal processor, so I need this. It's not just an understanding for me, but it's literally the way that I operate. Is I can retain things. You know how you have, um, you write, 
You read, you hear, you speak it. There's all these different ways that we can retain something. And the best way that we can develop a prayer life is to look at the word, meditate upon his commandments, meditate upon his statutes, read it, see it, maybe even write it, but then speak it. Amen. Declare it. Amen. Because it actually shifts the atmosphere. You know, David constantly said, I command my soul to worship you, Lord. And it's, go- it's taking hold of his promises, taking hold of his truths, and declaring them in that it actually takes root within our being. It actually gives us language in our prayer. And, you know, there's many times where I've come to the prayer room and been like, God, I had a rough week. I have no idea what to pray, what to, I, I have known nothing. Do you know, and I'll, I'll give you guys, like I said, this is going to be more of a teaching thing. I'm, this isn't my normal style of sharing, but I'm going to go to, actually, I'm going to go to Psalms 19 if you want to go there, go there. But I'm going to give us a little bit of an example of how this can work. Sometimes I go to Matthew 6. That's one of my favorite chapters. It encourages me. Um, sometimes I go to Proverbs 3 where it talks about trust. When I don't know what to pray. But I'm going to do it where it's this topic. In, in, in Psalms 19, we'll start in verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, and the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So really quick, and I know this might seem basic, but I think it's very needed. I was taught it, and I think it's good to pass on what we've been taught. So taking that scripture in prayer, it's very, if we don't know what to pray, it can be as simple as this. Jesus, your law is perfect. And it converts my soul. Your testimony is sure. And it makes me wise. Your statues, O Lord, are right. And it causes my heart to rejoice. Your commandment, Lord, is pure. And it enlightens my eyes. Lord, enlighten my eyes. Cause me to see that your ways are perfect. God, cause me to be wise, though I'm so simple and foolish in my ways. And you can keep going, and it's, and it's literally, you can look at Scripture, and it fuels, fuels your prayers. If you jump down to verse 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in, my, in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God, would my words glorify you. God, would the thoughts of my mind and the meditations of my heart worship you and be pure before yeah. you. Yeah. And it's a constant place of reading the scripture and letting it fuel our prayers. So I came to learn that I can never come in. I actually for a season was like, I can't go because I kind of got had to get set free of, to put it simply, which we all kind of have is rebellion. And so when I had a bad day, I'd come into prayer. I remember, Daryl might not even remember it, but I remember it. He was actually on this side of the room. Back in the day, we had all the worship on that side. And um, I was sitting actually where Daryl is sitting, and I had my arms crossed, and we had a coffee table in here, and my feet up on the coffee table. And I just kind of was like, you're lucky I'm even here, God. You are lucky I'm even in this prayer room right now because there is nothing in me. And I remember Daryl actually from, from his chair looked at me and just went like mouth. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't want 
right? And kind of had that bicker with him in the middle of the prayer set. Um, but what I realized is in that is it provoked me to go no matter how you feel, no matter how down you are, when you're yeah. down and I feel lost or confused, I'm like, I will trust in I go to Proverbs 3, lean not on your, my own understanding. But in all my ways, I will acknowledge you, God. I will not trust in my own ways. I will not trust in my own judgments. Yeah. But I choose this yeah. day, even though nothing looks the way I want it to, to trust in yeah. you, God. So no matter how I feel, I can go to the reservoir of the word of God and pray. Amen. And actually, what ends up happening is it shifts my thinking. It shifts the posture of so my good. heart. I actually leave the prayer room filled with joy, or at so least a place of, of um, what's the word, of, of steadiness. You know, you come in sometimes like you're on shifting ground, right. and you come in emotionally, you're all over the place, but you come into the place of prayer and it grounds you. Yeah. It stabilizes yeah. you. Yes. And so, where do I want to go with this? I'll read this. This is another quote from Ian Bounds. It says, Prayer draws its very life from the Bible and has not standing ground outside of the warrant of the scriptures. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to comment on that. It says, it says, Prayer draws its very life from the Bible and has no standing ground outside of the scripture. Its very existence and character is dependent on revelation made by God to man in his holy word. Prayer, in turn, exalts the same revelation and turns men toward that word. The, nat the natural necessity and all-comprehending character of prayer is based on the word of God. All prayer should be based on the word of God. You know, we're coming, we're in an age and I think it will only increase, that we, especially here in the city, that there is a lot of thought that all roads lead to God. Whether you're Hindu, whether you're Muslim, I don't know, another one? <laughs> Those two, if you're another religion. That, they, that it will lead to God. And they all believe in prayer. I've talked to non-Christians and, and talk about prayer. And it actually is like acceptable in some sense. But when it comes to the word of God, it all of a sudden brings a completely different color on your praying. And I want to say that with all with that said, we're coming, we need to be grounded on the word of God. We need to be firmly planted on the word of God. Amen. We need to, it is our daily bread. Amen. It's what sustains us. Amen. It's, you know, and in prayer, we have to have the word of God or we're going to honestly become just like anybody else in any other religion that's simply doing a meditative thing, a, a spiritual grounding, centering thing that becomes very, if you will, spiritual, but lacking truth. And we don't want to become that. We don't want to become emotionalists. I, I love emotion. It's a healthy thing. 
to express your emotion and to feel. If you don't feel, I would suggest going and getting a sozo. <laughs> but at the same time, we also don't want our feelings and our emotions. Sozo is a, is a healing. Is a healing. <laughs> what is that? I saw that. You're like, what is a sozo? A sozo is simply just a healing. Great, you know, counseling. We're out of call. We don't have a lingo. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We'll come back that next week. <laughs> but we don't want to simply just be emotionally driven in our worship. We don't want to be simply be emotionally driven in our prayer. But we want to be rooted and grounded Amen. in the Word of God. Yeah. That our prayers actually have power Amen. in them. Amen. That it's not just a feel-good prayer, but it's taking the Word of God and declaring it into being. Yes. Bringing it forth, bringing it into reality. Yes. That's what our prayers do. Yeah. Whether it's within us or whether it's outside of us. In our circumstances. I'm ending. I told you it would be quick. Um, actually, during worship, I was brought to Hosea 6. I'm not even going to read it. Hosea 6 says that we perish for lack of vision. But, you know, it was actually a warning that was given. And it says, I will remove you from being priests to the Lord. Because of their lack of understanding. And we have a position that's been given to us, which is to be priests on behalf of mankind to God. That we would intercede on their behalf, but also to be priests before men on yes. behalf of God. Yes. That we would preach His truth and declare His word. And it's a great privilege that we have. It's a great privilege that we don't want to take advantage of or become all too familiar with it. But at the same time, that position can be stripped from us if we do not invest ourselves in the Word of God. That we would be able to rightly, rightly stand before men with truth, yes. with clarity. Yes with the right posture of heart, but also that we would go before God and that our ears would be unplugged and our eyes would be open because we would be continually looking upon His Word. And I want to say this in ending and in closing, is I was kind of just thinking about this the last couple of weeks and a couple of circumstances. And I'm putting myself right in there. But so often I see our generation looking at the word of God and judging it as if we're wise. As if we have all knowledge. As if we have all understanding. And I just have to say this and I can say it because I'm in your peer group. We are so prideful and arrogant. I am. I have a lot to learn. And I just want to say that we need to continually humble ourselves and let the Word of God shine upon our hearts and sit beneath the Word and let it judge us. We have no right to judge the Word. This is the Word of God. It's breathed from heaven. Let it examine our hearts. Let it 
to go deeper, to search more, to seek more. His word is the light unto our paths. It's our sword that we fight with. It wards off the enemy. When we feel weak, we can go to the word of God. Don't run from it. Run to it. We need to fall in love. Because as you read scripture, as you fall in love with it, you can't help but pray. You can't help but declare it. Because what happens is it transforms your soul. It transforms your thoughts. And you go, no, this is truth. I declare, I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. I will not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge Him. And as we do that, it actually becomes our reality. It actually shifts and causes angels and demons. It's strength. You read in Daniel, it strengthens angels. The uh, Michael came to Daniel and said, by the first word that you prayed, all darkness was defeated in that moment. It gave him strength to defeat. This word has power in it. And let me tell you, you will not always feel it. You will not always have an emotion to go along with it. Whether it's of excitement, whether it's of grief, whether it's just sometimes I read the word, I'm like, God, I'm just tired and I'm just doing it because you said to. And I believe it and you've broken through in my life in the past. I'm just going to keep doing it. I don't feel a cotton picking thing, but I'm going to keep reading it. I'm going to keep studying it. I'm going to keep letting it wash over me. And when I fail, I just go, whoops, get back into it. Don't kick yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Just start afresh. Start new. And go back into it. Because it's power. It's power. The word of God is power. So I'm just going to pray. So Father, we ask God tonight. Lord, we pray even this Psalms 119. Teach us, O Lord, the way of your statutes. And we will keep it to the end. Give us understanding and we shall keep your law. Indeed, we shall observe it with our whole hearts. God, make us walk in the path of your commandments. Cause us to delight in it. God, incline our hearts to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Lord, turn away our eyes from looking at worthless things and revive us in your way. Establish your word to your servants. We are devoted to fearing you, Jesus. Lord, we ask, God, that you would open our eyes to see wondrous things. Lord, too often do I find myself scanning the internet or watching a movie or watching things, God, when I know I should be reading your word instead. Lord, I ask, God, that we would answer the poll. 
God, that we would respond to the tug upon our hearts. Lord, when you call us, would we respond to your word? Lord, I ask God tonight, God, I ask, would you give us a hunger for your truth? God, a hunger for your word. Cause us to fall in love with what you have to say. Lord, I ask, God, would you give us teachable hearts? Make us pliable and bendable before you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you don't give us your word to condemn, but you give us your word to strengthen and to encourage. We thank you for your kindness and your mercy to us, Lord, that you would preserve the Holy Scripture for us. God, we thank you that we live in a country, Lord, that we have the freedom to read your word without shame, without hindrance, without fear. And Lord, I ask God that we would not take this as familiarity, but Lord, we would take full advantage of the opportunity and the privilege that we have. God, I ask it over my own life. God, I ask it over my friends here. Lord, I ask it over the body of Christ at large. Lord, cause us to fall in love with your scripture. Teach us your ways. God, we don't want to lean on our own understanding. We don't want to lean upon our own wisdom. For the wisdom of man is foolishness to you. Teach us. Lord, we ask, God, would you illuminate our minds, illuminate our hearts, give us a thirst and a hunger, awaken hunger within us, God. And Lord, I also ask, God, that you would give us perseverance and steadfastness. Lord, that even when we don't feel it, God, even when our emotions are not provoked or stirred, God, I ask, Lord, that we would persevere that we would remain steady and we would go to your word. Lord, I ask for those who are weak here tonight. God, I ask for those who are facing spiritual battles. Lord, I ask God, would you give strength to go to your word? That they would rest in your word. They would rest in your truth. And they would let you fight the battles, God, as they declare your word over their situation. 